With more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, I'm Jim Dudley. Jim, um, we all know bad leadership when we see it. it it's, it's abundantly clear when you walk in the room, the person, whatever rank, uh, whatever um, position of authority they have, um, that they don't have the room, that you know the, the coach has lost the locker room kind of thing. Uh, and it's equally clear um, when you have someone who, you know, is such a good leader, you know, the cops in that room would go to hell uh, with a bucket of uh, water and nothing else uh, behind them. So, you know, I, I'm of the belief that even a bad leader can become a good one if they make a really significant effort at it. Mm-hmm. And and people, as they develop in the job, you know, matriculating up from patrol uh, um, officer to sergeant to lieutenant to captain, et cetera, et cetera, um, if you're continuing to evolve yourself and your skills, um, you can become really an excellent leader. Uh, but uh, then again, we also have these these knuckleheads who are just nothing but managers and that uh, don't don't have the skills and abilities to actually motivate officers to do what 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 they want them to do. Right? Yes, and I think that. There's definitely a place for both leaders and managers. I mean, you need a manager to cross the T's, dot the I's, get the paperwork in, and make sure your paycheck comes every two weeks. I think that guy's essential, yeah. or or gal. And I think it's it's great to have somebody put pen to paper, write out goals and objectives, write, write an operational time period, uh, do staging, logistics, operations. All those things are very important, but they're not necessarily the leaders that we need. And I think leaders, if, if, if we're to get you to think about it and put the idea in your mind of what you see as a leader, think about Braveheart and just about every other uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson movie. Um, Braveheart, um, think about the old John Wayne movies, think about any movie about a coach, about a team that succeeds, about someone who makes that fiery speech, who instills a vision to you so that you can see it. I think that's what a leader does. He tells you how you're going to do it and, and to see the, the victory, to see the end goal. Right. And those people are hard to find. I mean, you can be an introvert manager I guess you can be an introvert leader, but I don't know how much you're going to instill in people or fire people up um, if, if you can't articulate it. And I think other good leaders are those that show by example, right? Yeah. They model the behavior that they're looking for, and where a manager might tend to be the one to say, okay, we're going to do your six-month evaluation, and these this is a checklist of things that I'm going to write about and, and give my observations on your your product, your work product. I think a leader is more hands-on, more mechanical. Um, leaders aren't always great on the paperwork. Uh, they sometimes, um, 
uh, it's not so much the inspiring speech, but by the actual doing. You know, I think of the um, kind of the old saw um, the behind every um, great man is a is a great woman. You know that kind of thing where you have. Um, a good leader, a really good leader, will have delegated the things that they're not very good at. Um, you said paperwork and what have you, some of the detail type stuff. That's a delegated, ta- delegatable task. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do that stuff. And I think that a good leader not only recognizes his or her own strengths and weaknesses, but they have to have the ability to recognize the strengths and weaknesses of their their employees of their officers and put them in a position where they can be most successful so you know someone might have a great aptitude for riding a horse you know and you put them on the mounted unit you you, so you have to evaluate the people that work for you in in an honest fashion and 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 like any good coach putting people on a football field or on a baseball diamond you put people in the positions where they can be most successful. You put your best arm at third base. You put your best glove at first or catcher. These are the kind of just basic building blocks of making a, a team cohesive and successful and working together and, and getting the most out of your people. I want to mention a couple of, I did a little bit of you know advanced research, as we always do for these, um, and I kind of gathered what I kind of call a, a top 10 list of, of traits or things, and I'll just rattle them off real quick. Um, good communication skills. Uh, you have to be able to, like you'd said, not only tell people what to do, but tell them why they're doing it and what the end state is all about, what, what we're trying to get to. You have to have equally good listening skills. So if you have really adept listening skills and you're talking to an officer, you might hear something that you say, that person might be approaching crisis. We may, might want to have them you know, talk to somebody. You're, but you got to be able to pick up on that stuff. And for that, you have to really listen. You have to be able to be a public speaker. You've mentioned introverts as leaders. There are introverted leaders. They're scared out of their pants when they're behind the podium, but they pull it off and then they go back to their desk and have a a cup of coffee and a a couple of eyes, uh, moments of eyes closed. Um, You have to have, again, an eye for town. I've already mentioned that. You have to control your emotions. You can't fly off the handle. You have to be passionate, but you have to control those emotions and and contain that passion and channel it. Um, You have to get out of the office. Uh, you, you can't just sit there behind your desk. Uh, now, th- on the opposite side of that coin, you can't be a helicopter at going to every call and you know looking at whatever's going on. Yeah, get out on patrol once a month, but you know let your people do their do their job and trust that they're going to do it well. Um, you have to have compassion uh, for your people, and that's um, th- that's reflected in you know how you treat your officers, whether it's a disciplinary issue mm-hmm. or praise. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you punish in, in private and you praise in public. And so those are kind of some of the things that I looked at as being the traits of a good leader. And then you mentioned, you know, how do I get to be there? Well, you have to envision that compassion. You have to, what does it look like to be compassionate to your officers, right? Yeah. And I think, again, the leader is the one who says, who steps up. It doesn't have to be by rank. You can have a captain and a lieutenant and a sergeant on scene, but it might be, the officer who steps up and says, hey, you know what? We haven't had a break in four hours. Uh, we've been here six hours. We haven't had a meal break or water or uh, a bathroom break at a demonstration or a protest or a long-term uh, situation or incident where, where nobody's got seen the health or the comfort of the troops, mm-hmm. if you will. And so you don't have to have a rank for that. It's the person who doesn't let the ball drop. It's the person who says the buck stops here. Mm-hmm. It's the person who picks up the slack. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the leader by rank, but by a leader 
who recognizes something and does something about it. Yeah, and I think that at, at every rank, you have leaders. So you have that one patrol officer that everyone in the room during briefing is looking at going, I want to roll with that guy. <laughs> That's the guy I want to roll with. Um, and and the, the, there's that sergeant, you know, who's there's four sergeants on, on shift or whatever. And there's that one guy who you know is going to be the first to the call that's across town. It's not even in his precinct if it's an active shooter or something else. Um, and I also find that, you know, when you get to something that's dynamic and rapidly unfolding, um, it can be the officer who has six years uh, experience in Iraq or Afghanistan uh, who's joined the force five years ago, who's, you know, low rank, but high, you know, uh, high upside, if you will. And that that's the person who's taking charge and forming the action plan and putting, dip, you know, different officers around the perimeter right. to contain the, the situation. So it's it's not about, like you said, it's not about rank. But when you do get to the level of, let's say, deputy chief, uh, <laughs> there are there are things that that you want to strive towards, right? I mean, you, one of the things that you did throughout your career is you continued to go to school. You continued to improve your, yourself academically and you, you're intellectually curious to, to, to grow. And I think that that's one of the things that get, sometimes gets left off the, the, you know, the discussion yeah. is that you, at every level of really any job, if you're not you know, growing and improving, then you're kind of receding and moving backwards. Right, right. So I think that, you know, you know, you're a great example of how you continue to grow yourself as you matriculate up the ranks, right? Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. And it may sound like we are sort of um, uh, praising the leader more than the manager, but a manager is less frequently in the limelight. Uh, they might be unheralded. But they usually are the ones that make sure that the right people get the credit that they deserve. And again, they are the ones responsible for making sure the paperwork is good, that people get paid, people get fed, that there's enough stuff yeah. there. So I think as far as um, inspirational leadership, you have the leaders. I think as far as having the logistical stuff that you need, beans and bullets to to carry out a campaign, that's a good manager. So there's a place in, in policing for both. We need them both uh, in critical incidents. I think the leaders need to step up and in mitigation efforts and recovery, we need those managers to step up. Yeah, and you know, when you have an incident commands, for example, like structure, you know, I, I think of the manager as the logistics and the leader is in ops. Right. And and they they not only can coexist, they must coexist. If you don't have in a, you know it's in a command situation, both of those roles filled with strong individuals, capable individuals, everything's going to fall apart. Right. And you're just not going to have a successful campaign. Right. So you know that is our that is our alarm telling us we we have to go. <laughs> um, we we want to know what you think about managers versus uh, leaders and what have you. Uh, send us an email to policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com.